0: Blob Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, October 31st. 2017, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia, and we are thrilled to announce that we've hit a milestone with the show this month with over one million listens. Our special guest this evening is Caroline Corey, who is a filmmaker, futurist, international speaker, and the visionary author of best-selling books on consciousness and quantum healing, as a child and throughout her life, Corey has had numerous otherworldly encounters, which led her to become deeply connected to spirituality, the study of consciousness and the mechanics of the universe. <clears throat> Excuse me. After teaching energy medicine and consciousness work for over a decade, Corey founded Omnium Media, a consciousness-based entertainment and media platform. For the creation of digital apps, healing videos, and higher awareness feature films. Her latest documentary film, E.T. Contact They Are Here, studies the science of contact and otherworldly realities and has so far won three awards and four official selections at film fest- festivals across the nation. In addition to writing and producing, Corey has appeared as a guest expert on supernatural phenomena at major conferences and television shows, including History Channel's popular series, Ancient Aliens. You check out her websites, et-contact.com and Omnium Universe. And Omnium is O-M-N-I-U-M-Universe.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we would like to thank Jada and Kathy for hosting the switchboard tonight for anyone who may have a question or comment for our guest. Check out our online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds, thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk Radio. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here at Blog Talk and you'll get our weekly show notice. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888 881 The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind, emotional, physical, spiritual, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference for you. And if you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your Solar Return Timing. And please remember, if you want an interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it at least three months ahead of time because we do have a waiting list. So first off this evening, I will be looking for Anastasia's number on the switchboard. And where did it go? Oh, there you are. (laughs) Okay. Hi, Anastasia. I had a little moment of panic there because your number was way kind of down towards the bottom. It hadn't popped up yet.
1: Oh, I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm glad you well, found that's, me. No, that's okay. It's quite all right. Right on time. <laughs> Great. Well, we are having an expected geomagnetic storm. They're telling us that a stream of solar wind is headed for Earth. It was expected to arrive on the 2nd of November. And they say that that is going to happen because there's a large amount of gaseous material that is flowing from a hole in the sun's atmosphere. So the sun's been pretty active lately. And uh, we're at that time of year when the deer come out. This is their time when they mate, and I just had an encounter with a deer on a road the other evening, so I thought I'd share this with you. The deer was safe. My psychic antenna was up. I sensed the deer. I slowed down, and there it was. So we have to be mindful. And so there has been an article reported, uh, or that was printed recently, because this is the time of year. So uh, the article is about the states where your risk of deer collisions in your automobile is the highest. And so I thought I'd share this with you because maybe you live in some of these states. Now, at the bottom of the list, uh, it's a list of 10 states, by the way, Mississippi and Wyoming tie. You have the odds of hitting a deer in those states, uh, 1 in 87. And in Michigan, your odds of hitting a deer are 1 in 85. Minnesota, well, you might hit a deer. uh, Those odds are 1 in 80. Wisconsin. Wisconsin is another state on the list. If you live there, you have to be careful. South Dakota and Iowa, which kind of surprised me. Pennsylvania is another state where you have a chance of encountering a deer. Montana, and number one on the list, was West Virginia, where the odds of hitting a deer are 1 in 41. So if you live in any of those states, be mindful when you're on the road, particularly at dusk and perhaps at dawn, this is when the deer are most active in low light. So be mindful. And uh, uh, Los Angeles City Police are arresting citizens for speaking 20 seconds over their allotted time at city meetings. Hmm? Oh, well, the Los Angeles Police Department has apparently been arresting residents for speaking 20 seconds longer than their allotted time at public city hearings. Now the ACLU of Southern California is fighting an ordinance that could make it even harder for residents to speak out. Especially those who dissent against the practices of the Los Angeles Police Department. Now, if passed, this ordinance will make it, quote, an arrestable offense to violate any posted rules of public facilities, end quote, and would empower law enforcement to make criminal pre- uh, trespass charges, tighten restrictions on speaking time, and shut down criticism at meetings. Wow. And uh, in another state, a nine-year-old autistic boy was handcuffed and arrested for defending himself against bullies. This week, a video was uploaded to the Internet uh, over this past weekend, as a matter of fact, by the father of a nine-year-old boy with autism that shows his son getting handcuffed and escorted out of school by police officers. The father says quote my son has watched this video several times I can't imagine why he showed it to him but nevertheless he goes on to say he still talks about it he's pretty traumatized over this any nine-year-old that's being arrested well they don't know what's going on the father says and according to the father his child was defending himself against bullies who continuously hit him on the playground that this had been reported to school authorities and they did nothing and it ended up in the nine-year-old's arrest hmm Well, the world's first flying water taxi is coming to Switzerland next year. A flying taxi, the world's first. This is a taxi service that will become operational in the Swiss city of Geneva and will transport passengers to neighboring towns. Now, five of the taxis, they're called sea bubbles, will start their service in April. They'll be able to transport transport four passengers plus the driver, And they are an electric-powered little vehicle that can float above the water, and they make contact with water through their hydrofoils and engines, which are powered by solar energy. This makes me think of the Jetsons. (laughs) I think that's really cool. (laughs) If I get any pictures of that, I'll pass it along. Uh, Maybe you'll get a chance to see what the sea bubble looks like. I think that's cool. Well, uh, this is a wild story. This is, like, really weird stuff, but interesting uh torrential rains have, uh, have brought forth a gigantic worm. Um, in the aftermath of these storms uh, that were in uh, Australia, a woman discovered a gigantic two-foot earthworm after it was driven above ground by the torrents of water. Photographs show this woman holding this huge worm with two sticks after it emerged from the earth around Tambourine Mountain in Queensland. And this was picked up by the Australian news outlets where I got it from. Now, the area is covered in rainforest. It's known for this massive species of worm. I never knew about this. Did you? I don't think many of no. you did. It's called a digister long mani, and it can grow up to three feet long. Man, would I run. I remember my dad digging up worms to go fishing in the early days. I don't know what my father would have said to a three-foot worm. Now, anyway, usually these worms are very, very, very deep underground, but the severe rain had driven them from their burrows all the way to the surface, and so there it is, a three-foot earthworm. You know, it makes me wonder, is this like leftover from the dinosaur era? I mean, I just find that to be absolutely fascinating. What an amazing planet we live on, a three-foot earthworm. Wow. Wow. Um, $15 billion worth of natural disasters have already impacted the United States this year. Did you know that 2017 is tied for the second most all-time disaster-laden year for the United States? And the the other one was last year, 2016. They say this is a new record for the number of billion-dollar natural disasters in the United States with 15 such events that have been confirmed already through September. There were $12 billion weather disasters that began during the first half of this year, and hurricane season has brought three storms that, as you all know, resulted in massive damage, including Harvey, Irma, and Maria. Now, they are expecting the damage cost to be many billions of dollars. I mean, tornadoes and severe thunderstorm events have made up the largest share of this expense already to the amount of $7 billion. Now, there have been two flooding events that are also included, one in Missouri and one in Arkansas in late April and early May, and one in California last February. And on the other side of the precipitation spectrum, the ongoing drought in Montana and the Dakotas have already reached... Uh, a disaster count of more than two billion dollars in losses. Now, Rounding out this list is the severe March breeze in the southeast that was predicted by unusually warm temperatures resulting in one billion dollars in damage to crops and the wildfires in the northwest. In addition to the economic impact, these 15 events have resulted in the deaths of nearly 300 people. Now. Uh, even though September 2017 is now tied with 2016, uh, which now has become the second most billion-dollar disaster in a year, uh, they say that the year with the highest number of billion-dollar weather disasters is 2011. They had 16. We had 16 in 2011. Let's hope we just hold it at 15. How about that? That's one record right. we don't want to break. Well, uh, many health-minded people are really favorable to soy. But the more and more they're finding out about soy, we find out that soy might not be soy good. The (laughs) FDA has rescinded the heart health claim for this plant protein, for soy protein. Yep, the Food and Drug Administration has proposed revoking a claim that soy protein can reduce heart disease, saying that subsequent studies have cast doubt on their earlier 1999 assessment. The agency said, quote, our review of that evidence has led us to conclude that the relationship between soy protein and heart disease does not meet the rigorous standard for an FDA authorized health claim. And in 1999, the FDA did make that claim. They said that uh, manufactured foods containing soy uh, and a diet part uh, diet uh, saturated low saturated fat and cholesterol uh, could reduce the risk of heart disease, but. The European Food Safety Authority in 2012 published a scientific opinion on isolated soy proteins and reduction of cholesterol and concluded that a cause and effect relationship was not established. Therefore, they are not willing to say now that soy reduces uh, the uh, high consumption of soy reduces heart disease. So, there you have it. And there are other issues, by the way, with soy uh, hormonal issues, but that's subject for another, another news piece.
0: <laughs> and GMO. Well, in
1: Siberia, Uh, Russia, they have been hit by a wave of reports of a giant UFO in the sky last night with spectacular pictures of an enormous glowing ball illuminating northern Siberia. Well, while Facebook and other social media has erupted with claims of aliens arriving and locals in far-flung parts of the country uh, are reporting that they got shivers down their spines because it was quite the event, apparently, Um, Some are suggesting that it was the trace of four rockets that were launched by the Russian military that has caused this extraordinary phenomenon in the the night sky. Mm. Don't they always say that? Well, there's a related article about the rare blue auroras that have been seen in the Arctic Circle. And this comes from SpaceWeather.com, and they're reporting that around the Arctic Circle, people see green auroras almost every night. You all know that. They say that You know, blue auroras, on the other hand, are very unusual. And uh, there have been photographs taken of totally blue auroras. I mean, blue, blue, electric blue, big blue masses, right next to the classic green auroras. Now, in science, they tell us that auroras is a sign of nitrogen. They say that energetic particles strike ionized molecular nitrogen, and that can produce this blue glow. However... When this sighting was uh, reported, um, the geomagnetic activity was not intense, didn't apply. The rule doesn't apply. So spaceweather.com says that maybe these weren't auroras after all. Now, another theory is emerging for the blue apparition, and they go back to the story that I just read to you about the Russian military who, that staged a nuclear battle drill, which sounds really scary in and of itself, and that the Russians test-launched a number of ballistic missiles from land, sea, and air. They're claiming that at least one of them created a magnificent cloud of blue exhaust. So, are those amazing um, things in the sky, is that really about missile testing? There's quite a discussion going on about that, and uh, that remains to be decided. It really is unanswered. Well, there's a new organization coming up, being created. Uh, It's called the Scientific Coalition for UFOlogy. The scientific study of UFOs is to be the focus of this new organization, and it will be an organization of scientists, former military and law enforcement officials, and other professionals that hope to bring science to bear in the search for answers to the UFO mystery. They're calling it the Scientific Coalition for UFOlogy, it's formally launching, actually it's just launched, and it hopes to bring the discipline and rigor of scientific analysis to the study of unidentified aerial phenomena, also known as UFOs. This group of scientists, former military and law enforcement officials, and other professionals who have decades of experience looking into this phenomenon believe that there are many unanswered questions and that a serious examination is warranted. So, there it is. That's pretty significant if they do give it serious examination right and in a similar uh... subject nasa is according to the hacking group anonymous about to announce evidence of alien life that's right the hacking group anonymous has claimed that nasa is set to make a historic announcement regarding the existence of alien life in our universe the claim was first made in a video published on YouTube in which Anonymous alleges that the head of NASA Science Mission Di- Directorate said in a recent meeting, and they're quoting, and I'm quoting, quote, our civilization is on the verge of discovering evidence of alien life in the cosmos, end quote. The alleged forthcoming announcement from NASA comes after NASA's Kepler Space Observatory found 219 potentially inhabitable planets outside of our solar system. 10 of these 219 planets are very similar to Earth in that they are very rocky and are located in an area of space that is neither too hot or too cold to sustain life, the Goldilocks zone. Since 2009, the Kepler Space Telescope has been orbiting the sun constantly on the hunt for new planets that we can study and analyze. The most recent discoveries made by Kepler Space Telescope included the discovery of 2000, 335 planets beyond our solar system, 30 of which have the potential to sustain life similar to the kind we see on our own planet. Wow. Yeah. Well, here's a weird one for you. Talk about three-foot earthworms. Check this out. Hordes of octopus have left seagoers speechless with an unusual invasion on a Welch beach. More than 20 of these octopuses were spotted, making their way up the beach in New Quay, Car- uh, Caradigian, on Friday night in a mysterious phenomenon which has left staff from a local dolphin watching company completely and utterly baffled. They were walking on the beach. What? They're walking on the tips of their legs. Octopus. They're coming out of the water, crawling up the beach, and walking on the tips of their legs. Wow. That's wild, weird, disturbing, spooky, curious. And it is Halloween night. So speaking of spooky, the FDA is warning of health risks from eating too much black licorice. Just in time for Halloween, if you get lots of licorice... Don't eat at all. <laughs> and we have a final couple of stories for you tonight. Colleges are now telling students what Halloween costumes they can wear to avoid triggering other people. This comes from natural news. Now, you know, we might say that we are always surprised uh, what we might see on Halloween. Tonight I saw an adorable little girl dressed up as a, uh, a Starbucks latte. <laughs> it was so Cute. The whipped cream, the cup, it was adorable. So you never know what you're going to see on Halloween, and probably even more so on a college campus. You know, we're going to see scary and weird and wonderful things, but there are now some college campuses that don't want you to encounter anything that might hurt your feelings or anything that might be offensive. So this year, 2017, many campuses have provided students with memos flyers and even workshops to ensure that no one gets offended on Halloween. For example, oh, according oh, to a man. University of St. Thomas flyer, wearing Native American headdresses, a Mexican sombrero, a geisha costume, or a black face is unacceptable. While a guide from Northern University, uh, excuse me, Northern Arizona University, warns students not to wear Pocahontas costumes, Asian rice hats, or African-inspired wear. At Princeton, a similar sentiment, where uh, a a conversation circle will allow students to talk about the impact of cultural appropriation, Halloween, and why culture is not a costume. And at a workshop at the University of Southern Indiana, students will discuss cultural appropriation in costumes and then have a chance to create their own culturally appropriate costume to avoid offending anyone. Even the younger children are being warned. A school district in Ontario is sending a checklist to parents that tried to help them determine if their kid's costume was appropriate. It reads in part, Does your child's costume represent a stereotype, such as a terrorist or urban ghetto dweller? Does it involve changing the color of their skin? Does it it allude to a culture that is not the child's own, such as a kimono, a turban, or a feather headdress? Does it mock transgender people? is it based on tragic or violent historical moments, such as slave or cowboy and Indian role-play? So, as you can see, that might be considered to be a pretty broad definition and bringing to bear societal political pressure upon what was once the domain of very spiritual Celtic peoples as well as modern, fun-loving children. And um, on the lighter side, I found this in a college newspaper, and I thought it was adorable. And it's titled, What should be, what You Should Be for Halloween Based on Your Major. <laughs> and the article reads as such. Now, we may have some young people listening to this, and they may get a kick out of it, so bear with me. As midterms pass and Halloween is here, us normal people have only one thing on our mind. What will our Halloween costume be? There's too many options and not enough time. So we at this newspaper have decided to help you out. By identifying your major, we can help you effectively pick out a stellar costume that'll fit your vibe. And isn't that what Halloween is all about? Well, if your major is English, English majors are clearly big on books. Naturally, this Halloween, you're going to want to dress up as your favorite literary character. Maybe Moby Dick, Hannibal Lecter, Frodo Baggins, or even the Bears from the Berenstain Bears. What if your major is theater, dance, and performance studies? Well, you ought to dress up as Zandu, or maybe pull off a Wizard of Oz kind of look, or, or maybe go as Alexander Hamilton from the play Hamilton. If you're an electronic, electronics major, um, excuse me, <laughs> economics major, well, maybe you would want to go as a computer, a Python, or a Zanian vendor, or maybe even Nikola Tesla. I'm sorry that wasn't ele- that wasn't electronics that, that was electronics, not economics. Yes. I got it mixed up. So <laughs> if you are an um, electronics major, there you go. Go do something scientific. But uh-huh. a pre-med? Well, obviously they're suggesting that you dress up as a doctor or a nurse or maybe just go in your scrubs. Political science, oh, they're suggesting that you dress up as Sarah Palin, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, or maybe <coughs> uh, <laughs> Francis Underwood from the House of Cards. If you're a math major, well, math majors going out on Halloween should be dressed as count upon count from Sesame Street, maybe dress up as a Rubik's Cube, or maybe a calculator or an abacus. And then the article ends by saying, let your freak fly this Halloween. Whether you're an English (laughs) major or an economics major, have some fun. And if all else fails, you can always dress up as a failed math test. Now, that's a scary costume. That would certainly be scary (laughs) to parents who are paying for the college education. But there you have it. Lots of Halloween variety, do's and don'ts and creative things to do and be. And on that vein, it's a good thing to think about what we want to be, not what we dress up as, but acting on our lives for who we really are, beautiful beings of light, sharing our light with the world. that's clearly in some pretty serious distress. So shine on and from my heart to yours, much love to each one of you. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for giving me the opportunity, Ariel.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Anastasia. Pretty pretty interesting thoughts to ponder there. Oh, the octopus thing. I'm gonna have to work on that. <laughs> so thank That's you wild. so much, Anastasia, for the Star Seed News. So now I am going to um, switch over and get Lavendar's mic open and our special guest, Caroline. Um, there you are. Okay, well, Caroline, welcome to Starseed Radio Academy.
2: We're happy to have you here. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me. This was so much oh, fun. <laughs> was well, our, yeah.
0: It is our pleasure. Yeah, Anastasia comes up with some really uh, great stories that you just don't hear anywhere else. So um, exactly. Lavendar is on deck here, ready to uh, start your interview. Lavendar? Okay. I'm here. Okay. All right then. Um, well, Caroline, I'm,
3: I'm very excited to talk to you, and I have not seen your, your movie, but I. I know that it's 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 wonderful, so let's talk about how this all came to be. But first, let's talk about your background and what kind of experiences that you've had. And by the way, we have a very awake audience. There isn't anything that you can't share with us that would shock our audience because we have a lot of people that, that have been abducted, a lot of people with ET contacts, and we go all over the world. So just be free to say whatever you need to say tonight.
2: Awesome. That's what I was feeling. Thanks so much uh, for this opportunity. Uh, yeah, so my background, um, for me, I I started having a, a different experiences as a child, but the most memorable and most powerful experience I had was at the age of five. I came in contact with a group of beings. I want to say they were light beings. Uh, they were kind of like a big ball of light um, that just showed up, and we started communicating telepathically. Um, I realized that I could perceive the subtle energy very clearly. So in other words, I could see them, but I could also, uh, of course, sense, I could hear, uh, but I could kind of discern their uh, signature, if you will, like where they came from and what they were made of and things like that at a very young age. And so... Um, because of that, uh, I started asking the questions, well, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, how did this communication happen so organically? And what allowed this communication to happen? And so because of that, I opened up to a whole new world and a whole way of seeing um, reality. Um, and also another thing is I did not share these experiences with other people. I kind of kept them to myself, which I thought was a good thing because I think if I did say something to my parents or friends or something, uh, I wonder if that wouldn't kind of um, um, made me shut it off at a young age, which happens quite often, as you well know. And so um, so because I was so open, I continued to have more and more experiences with uh, this type of consciousness that I uh, understood came from source consciousness, from the universal um, type uh, layer of reality, if you will. And then with time, as I grew up, I continued to have different types of interactions and contact with um Material beings, people talk about Pleiadians and Arcturians and things like that. So I I met some of those more of an interdimensional interdimensional way, meaning they would just come into my consciousness and we would communicate. But others I actually uh, came in contact with in a physical manner. Basically they were physically there. So, so it's really a whole range of experiences throughout my life, and uh, at a very young age. So that's kind of how it all came together for me. Um, and then I, of course, I started teaching about consciousness and healing, and 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 the universal kind of cosmic citizenship because of all of that.
3: So, have you had a lot of? Uh experiences aboard spacecraft has that happened to you
2: yes but not as a an abduction I was never abducted I was actually on a sort of a um, I want to call it an observation deck uh, a, a sort of a mothership type um, uh, area, if you will, uh, within the earth plane, uh, and it's located about 7,000 miles above the surface of the earth, and it is a place where you can pretty much see and experience the entire planet, the entire consciousness of the planet, what's happening in uh, within the different layers of the planet, so I've been there many, many, many times. Um, I've seen other spaceships and I've kind of uh, projected myself on other spaceships just to kind of have that experience, but it wasn't an, an abduction or anything like that. Um, so, so that's kind of interesting because when I made that film, I started meeting all these people and also even before, because I was facilitating uh, consciousness expansion and energy work, I came across a lot of people who did have these experiences. So, so that, you know, that, that was kind of even made it more clear what that experience was like as opposed to mine, which was not at all an abduction kind.
3: So tell us what really um, made you decide to do this film. What was your driving force?
2: So because I had these direct experiences at a very young age, I, I didn't have time to be influenced by other people. You know, there was no Internet at the time. I didn't read any books. So um, because it was more of an organic uh, way of coming in contact with these different beings and these other realities, I knew that there was truth to it. In other words, um, I could I could. See the differences between this this planetary reality as opposed to the others, and and also I had a lot of evidence. I mean, they would show up and tell me something, and the next day it happened. Uh, so you know, it was over and over and over, and and so I started teaching. Uh, the consciousness works for many years for about like fifteen years, and also that expanded my awareness of um about how many people were having similar experiences and so um, so because of that this this uh, prolonged time of having validation not just for myself but from other people over and over. I knew that, I mean, I know this is the real phenomenon. This is not crazy stuff. <laughs> you know, this is real. And, um, and there's science behind it. I mean, it's not just happening as a fluke. Uh, there are universal laws that can make these things happen. We just, uh, as you all know, current science is not there yet, but it doesn't mean that it's not there because our scientists are not there it just means that uh, they just don't know how to approach it and so uh, after teaching for so long i realized that not everybody wants to take a workshop and listen to you talk or read a book uh, a lot of people are into movies you know they just want to be entertained they want to be told uh the truth maybe in this way using that platform so after all these years, I decided, okay, it's time to put all of this information in a film format, and that's when I started to make the films.
3: So in your film, uh, give us kind of a, a rundown of what's in the film.
2: So in this last film, it, it is, um, it's a documentary. So uh, I took uh, several types of experiencers, so some of them had Uh, contact experiences uh, by being abducted. Some of them had a missing time experience. Some of them just had contact uh, with beings that just showed up or those who were just communicating telepathically with uh, not just ETs, you know. I mean, we talk about contact and we only think about the grades and, you know, those types of ETs. But contact means Uh, contact with any non-human entity. So it could be a third guide for all we know, you know. And so I wanted to include all of the types of contact in this film. And so I started by having these different uh, experiencers who, of course, didn't know each other. So I had uh, very young uh, folks. uh, Some of them were 19 all the way to, you know, people in their 60s and I wanted to do that as well to show their range and the types of people uh, from all walks of life who who had very very similar experiences and so I had that in the film but I also wanted to bring the science I wanted to show that this is real that we are coming in contact with a non physical entity when we know something happened in our body, that something did happen. And so I invited a, a few scientists to not just comment on these experiences, but actually I wanted to to uh, run an on-camera live experiment. And so, you know, so we were discussing what kind of experiment can we uh, do to, to show that here I am, I'm sitting here in physical form, my physical body, and all of a sudden, I can sense the presence of an entity. I know for sure that it's there. I can feel it in my body. I'm getting all these downloads. I'm receiving this information. So how can we prove that? You know. So we went back and forth, and I was so lucky to find uh, Dr. Glenn Ryan. Do you know who he is? Uh,
3: yes, I do. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, so I, um, I spoke to different types of, uh, you know, quantum physicists and microbiologists and different kinds of uh, scientists who were also inter- interested in participating. But what happened with Glenn? He was working. He had been doing a lot of experiments with water, and he was working on DNA. And so. Um, so so what he was doing, he was um, measuring uh, any sort of changes in the human DNA when somebody, if you had an energy healer, who through intent was kind of projecting um, a healing energy towards the DNA. So he was doing that sort of experiment, and especially with water. And so uh, when I came, I said, well, can we do that with a non-physical entity?" And he said, "Well, we've never done that before." I said, "Well, that's the point let's let's just see what happens." and so um we set up the experiment, and he he's using a female placenta DNA and so he would uh, measure the DNA uh, at a control in a control setting as you know I mean, it's a scientific experiment, so they have to measure it over and over and over." and make sure there's no contamination like from any any sort of interference and that sort of stuff. And so once they established the control uh, over a period of time, then I came in and I invoked a spirit entity. I said, you know, let's bring some, some non-human entity and see what happens. And so um, – that's the first experiment that we did. And sure enough, what what happens is as soon as we brought in this energy, at the time it was Archangel Michael, because I wanted an, an, an energy that a lot of people are familiar with, you know. And, um, and so we tried that, and right away the DNA sample just started showing all sorts of crazy stuff, all sorts of measurements, one of the measurements that we took was the electrical conductivity that basically the electricity that goes through uh the tissue you know through the sample, and that shot up about four hundred percent just right there and so so it was it was pretty striking, it was pretty shocking actually, even for him when we did that. He wasn't expecting that at all.
3: So this is on the
2: film. Yes. Yeah. So this is on the film, and we also did other experiments uh, where we measured the, frequency, uh, the frequencies that were within the, the, the DNA sample, and so we also wanted to see if anything else was happening. So this other experiment we did um, also measured the frequencies before and after, And that also registered what you would think is an anomaly, but of course we measured it over and over and over and over. And we saw that there was a huge frequency change uh, that happened with this contact. So, I mean, think about this. This means that when you come in contact with a non-human entity, your DNA is registering something different. I mean, we measured it, you know. So it cannot be more obvious. And so I think this is very, very exciting, what we did in the film. It is in the film.
3: Well, that's great. I I can't wait to see this film. This is going to be something that maybe we should take to our Arkansas trip and show it to our group when we do our Starseed quest. This is something I think I'm going to look into to, to do for our group. My next question is about the planetary grid. And what does it have to do with the UFOs, the ETs, and all paranormal stuff? Also, the imprisonment of a species and mind control. So just give us a rundown on some of those um, subject matters.
2: Yeah, so one of the, the things that I discovered as I was growing up, actually coming in contact with the this intelligence and communicating back and forth, but also experiencing different levels of reality my uh, my perception of not just reality but the actual cosmic structure meaning the fabric of space itself um, be- was becoming clearer and clearer and um, What happened was at one point I could literally see how the fabric of space was organized. You know, we think that, I mean, of course now scientists are telling us um, that space is not empty. So we know that for now anyway, at least that much science can tell us. But how is it not empty? How is it organized? Nobody can tell us that. And so... Because I could see the cell energy very clearly, I was able to discern, uh, it's it's sort of a pattern. It's like a patterning of space itself that's very geometric. And so it it ends up being a grid within a grid within a grid. There's three grids within one main grid. And with time, it took me a, a while to kind of figure out how it all works, but I realize that this grid uh, not only is not, it's not random, but um, it's very um, coherent with the human brain. This means that there are certain points within this grid that align perfectly with certain points within the human brain. And it's organized in such a way that these particular points either allow you to, ha- to have uh, the experience of time space. Um, meaning, when you're on the Earth, you have the impression that you exist within time and space, and so um, so that was uh, th- that grid allows you to do that. But also, uh, this grid and certain points within the grid allow you to communicate, transfer information from one point to another instantaneously, because there it's about resonance. Whatever happens at one point happens throughout the entire planet because of that. And also transport, transport grid. Uh, Certain points allow you to transport yourself uh, to any other point. Does that make sense? Um, I I mean, how it all comes together?
3: Absolutely. The crystal grid, yes, that that makes a lot of sense.
2: And so what happens is that I realize that um, if you are tapping into one point within this grid system, and that ends up uh, is part of the communication grid, you're pretty much broadcasting or retrieving information from all the the other points that are in resonance with this point. So, in other words, that's how I'm picking up uh, information telepathically from the other side of the planet. You know, so that's how it, That's how this grid explains telepathy, for example. Or if a a being, for example, is transferring information um, to you, you know how people say, I got a download. So what is a download? The actual download is just this information that is happening through this particular grid system. So it's being picked up from the fabric of space, from wherever you are, uh, because of this resonance phenomenon throughout the planet. In the same way, teleportation happens this way. You know, you can you have to use certain points within the grid to be anywhere pretty much within the grid instantaneously. So so that's kind of how it works, and it made a lot of sense. I mean, a lot more sense than what they're telling us in science, you know. I mean, so, um, so because I, I kind of uh, realized how this whole thing came together and how it all worked, I, uh, I wrote about it in my books actually about 20 years ago and I've been talking about it. But I wanted to um, actually do an animation. So I created the, a script with a, with a friend of mine who is a um, computer um, scientist. And we created a script that works with Google Earth. And so you, know, you put that grid around Google Earth and you can see all the points. So it's really, really cool. Uh, but in the film we did an animation of the grid and you can see how the UFOs are using specific points to come in and out of our time space. So. It looks like you, you know, being on the earth when you look up in the sky, it looks like the UFO is appearing and disappearing. But actually what it's doing is coming in and out through these specific points uh, up in the sky. And so uh, so I did a, a 3D animation which is also in the film and it also explains how a UFO appears in one point and then appears at another point um or has this erratic motion all of this is explained with, by the grid so it's it's very 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 exciting and and it, it makes a, it put, kind of pulls it all together if you will all this what we call paranormal uh, starts to feel and look very, very normal. You, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. I wanted to ask you about mind control and what what have you learned about our government and what have you learned about ETs that use mind control?
2: Yeah, so because this grid is wrapped around the planet, it goes, actually it starts at the core of the planet and it goes up uh, to about 7,000 miles above the surface of the planet so this grid actually continues on to to connect with other grids, you know, meaning the uh, planetary grid, the, the galactic grid, and the universal grid. I mean, that's the point of having this grid: is to to uh, keep the planet connected with the rest of so the cosmos. That's the point. And so, if you um, have an entity or an intelligence that uh, blocks certain entry points, like I was saying earlier, where the UFOs come in and out, or where you can uh, send them, um, information throughout the planet, um, distributed evenly throughout the planet, because of these uh, this grid. If you have um, any sort of a satellite or any sort of energy that is strategically positioned at those points, well, what you're doing is you're basically blocking the information that's coming uh, through this point. So if you do that at enough places throughout the planet, around the planet, you end up pretty much blocking any cosmic energy or information that's coming to the planet. Does that make sense? And so I think that that's how a lot of uh, non-human intelligence has been interfering with the human species, uh, keeping it kind of imprisoned uh, in the sense that it's blocked off from the any information that's coming from the rest of the universe. Because you know, like the pathways are, are blocked, and I think also the the government and the military are using those types of um, same type of strategy to broadcast um, a certain type of frequency to to for the you know for, for the purpose of mind control. If you position it in a strategic point above the planet you have access to just a wider area, um, and you can achieve, you can, you can broadcast that frequency uh, to, this, to that area, again, using the grid.
3: Makes me think of what they're doing with HARP.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. But, you know, I think this is happening less and less, and, and I'm talking about this grid, but if you think about it, nobody really has it mapped out. I think there's only a few people who are really conscious and aware of it. Um, and so I don't think the governments uh, not everybody anyway, the folks who are, let's say, conducting those sorts of experiments and doing mind control and things like that, not everybody in the program, let's say, would know specifically how this all works. They just know that those frequencies, when you send them into the human brain, that's what they do. But when you talk about the whole planetary grid on a bigger scale, uh, there are very, very few people who are aware of, of that sort of interference with beings even from the galaxy and beyond that are trapping the human species within the planet. You, you know what I mean? It's like two two separate things.
3: Do you know anything about what we call the 33 gym PowerPoints on the planet? Have you heard about that?
2: I haven't. Um, you can tell me <laughs> what you mean by that.
3: Just, I was just curious if that was part of your tracking, that there are 33 different places on the planet where um, – master stewards are holding the oh. point for these 33 places oh. on the planet to hold the light on the planet.
2: Yeah, exactly. So actually for me uh, there's 32 points, so that's interesting. I don't know why we're off by one. <laughs> but um but exactly it kind of uh it's related to what you're saying um because these points are used uh, are particularly connected to I mean they're specifically connected to specific points within the galaxy and within the universe. And so they are used by a specific type of being, a specific type of consciousness that needs to come through to get to the earth. So like I said, these were blocked off for the last 200,000 years, but they have now uh, been kind of opening up. You know how you hear about people saying their pathways are opening or this alignment is happening. Well, that's what's been happening. It's the openings within this grid thanks to these types of new um, conscious, higher dimensional beings who are positioning themselves at those strategic points to keep those portals open. Right. That's what's happening now. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Okay. It's interesting. Thirty-two,
2: thirty-three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So
3: mm-hmm. let me ask you a little bit about hybrids and what kind of uh, in your movie do you show the different um, hybrid species that are here? Well, we t-
2: yeah we. T- talk about uh, there are a couple of uh, experiencers who believe they are hybrids and uh, they have hybrid children. So, you know, I wanted to explore that uh, a little bit just to shed some light. And also, I think one of the main things about this film is to put it out there and um, to to let go of the fear. You know, everything is fear-based. You know, we talk about ET and hybridization and all of that, and uh, uh, it's very uh, scary. Usually, it's about—I uh, mean, a lot of people talk about government cover-ups and they're coming to change our DNA and things like that. So that's not my experience. Not to say that uh, this is not to say that it doesn't happen and it's not happening. It's only to say that there's also the other side of the story. So that's why I wanted to include it in the documentary. I wanted to um, talk about certain. In fact, these experiencers mention they say, "I am a hybrid." Because when I asked them, "What do you want your um, chiron to say?" and they said, "Oh, you can you can say ET human hybrid," and which I thought was great. You know, people are kind of just talking about it like it's no big deal. And so, so we do have a couple of these experiencers in the film, and we show some of the, uh, the children. I mean, of course, pictures of the children that are hybrid. So just to give an idea what they would look like, some of them look very, very human. You couldn't tell there's any difference at all. And others, you I mean, definitely you can tell they're uh, a hybrid. They're not totally human-looking. So, um, yeah, so I did want to, I, I did, you know, include that in the film, and I think um, to shed some light, um, a positive light at least, you know, so people just <laughs> move, move on from all the fear that's around the subject.
3: Well, there's all kinds of experimentations down here, you know—the light, the dark, the ugly, the the absurd. Everything's being allowed to play now. Have you noticed?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it's okay, you know. I mean, the, at the end of the day, I mean, just look around. There's everything out there, and this is not to say that, uh, you know, there are not beings who are manipulating and taking humans by force. There's true. This is true. Uh, but this is also to say that there's the other side of the story that actually um, hybridization and, and genetic manipulation or genetic engineering is not a new thing. I mean, we're we're doing genetic engineering right now on all sorts of. I mean, the scientists are. Um, there's all sorts of experiments uh, with uh, using human genes and uh, doing all sorts of. Uh, um, engineering in that sense. So there's nothing new about that. I think what starts to scare people is when we're talking about non human uh, or extraterrestrial doing it by force. Well, of course, that doesn't sound <laughs> very exciting and very um, friendly. That's true. But uh, at the end of the day, I believe that most people on the earth right now are not from the earth they came from somewhere you came from somewhere especially the star seeds right and so so wherever you may have come from you were you were kind of carrying that dna so imagine you think you are or you feel you are from the star series B, for example. Well, this means that your consciousness had that sort of DNA, that information. Well, when you decide to incarnate as a human, now you have the human DNA, but you don't stop being what you were before. You know what I mean? Your consciousness still has that DNA. So, in a way, I think all the star seeds, in a way, are hybrids already. They are. Who they really are as a star consciousness appearing in the human DNA. So, so you know, I wanted to expand that whole um, definition of what hybrids are, and I hope that's helpful to a lot of people.
3: Yes. So, so talk a little bit more about cosmic lineage and how the the ETS and and the uh, humans got together to create different uh, species?
2: Yeah, so so like I said, so I believe that everyone comes from a different star system or a different, sometimes different galaxy. In fact, there's some people from an entirely different universe that's extremely rare. But um, there are people coming to the Earth with a completely different type of lineage. They're not uh, created here on the Earth. In fact, like I said, the majority of the people are not from the Earth um, DNA, and so so what happens is that uh, let's say that you come from the Pleiades uh, or someone comes from the Pleiades, uh, they choose to incarnate. They choose to incarnate as a human uh, for the purpose of. Because they they keep carrying, let's say, the Pleiadian DNA. So now they have the Pleiadian DNA and the human DNA. So what they're actually doing is that is they're bringing the Pleiadian DNA in the human form. So now the human form has never had that Pleiadian DNA mixed with it in that way. So what you're doing, you by you appearing as a human on the earth you are mixing your previous DNA with the human DNA in a very unique way, therefore contributing to the evolution of the human DNA. So when you have children and other people have children, you see? So 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 that mixing of DNA is part of the evolution uh, of DNA in general. So that's how I look at it. And so... Um, Part of your experience on the earth, in fact, is not to just be here as a human and, of course, you know, uh, get married, have children, and buy a house, and that's that. I think the bigger picture is for you to tap back into your original lineage uh, to consciously bring that frequency through, because you're carrying it in you anyway, but the idea is that that's what the awakening is, is that you're awakening to your original DNA and now consciously bringing those frequencies down, opening those channels back up uh, to your original self, and those frequencies are now present here um, in the human realm. So, so that is what I mean by your cosmic lineage. And every person has a unique cosmic lineage. We're here to reawaken to that lineage and to bring it through in a conscious manner. That's how we evolve the human species.
3: I love the way you explain this. I can't wait to see this movie. I'm seeing what time it is now, and I would like to pass you over to my co-host, Arielle. She has the switchboard. Would you be willing to talk to some people that might want to call in and talk to you?
2: Of course, absolutely.
3: So, Arielle? Uh, back yes. to you and thank you so much Caroline and I would like to talk to you uh later if we can if we can have a conversation I would like to to speak with you
2: Absolutely okay Absolutely. thank you
0: Okay well this has just been fascinating and and your um you know your research and your experience is it dovetails so well with what lavendar has been shown and taught and experienced so um you're just you're part of us i can tell um and at this at this time uh i just want to take a moment and um let people know that if you are already um on the switchboard if you've already called into the show if you have a question or a comment for caroline then you'll need to press 1 so that we know you want to come on the air and ask a question and if you are listening on the computer then just pick up the phone and dial 917 917- 889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1 so that we know you want to come on the air. And uh, that may take a, a few minutes before they get through the, the process. So um, I wanted to ask you a, a few questions myself. And going going back to your, your childhood, and you said something that I, I thought was really interesting in that you didn't tell anybody so that it wouldn't stop? Did I hear you say yeah. that? In in essence? Yes.
2: Yeah. Um because you know it, it's interesting, every time I tell the story, uh, everybody asks me, Well did you tell your parents? Did you tell uh, you know, anyone? And now I now I'm make it a habit to say I didn't tell anybody. Um, and I think I was just guided to not tell anybody. Um, So it just felt kind of sacred. At the same time, I thought it was normal. I thought that all the children had those experiences, and that's how it worked. And so I didn't think it was such a big deal. So I think that's what happened, actually, with my guidance system, that was really telling me there's no need to talk about this. Just keep it to yourself. And I'm so grateful I did that because I really think a lot of children start saying, you know, hey, mom, I, I have an invisible friend or I'm seeing a ghost or I hear voices or what have you. And, of course, the first thing the parents typically would say, there's nobody there, you should stop doing that and that confuses a child, you know, and you shut uh, that whole process. Right, right, I mean
0: because I mean the very typical story. I mean, we've had lots of guests and and um you know, people that we meet that come with us to Arkansas. It's almost like a broken record. You know, I saw things when I was little, I knew things, I heard things and um and I was chastised for it, so I shut it all down. Yeah. And it took years, yeah, exactly. even decades, to get it back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, that was a, a very unique part of your story, um, because most people are not. I mean, it's such a young. You said you were five. Yeah. Yeah, I mean to have yeah. that kind of discernment at age five—that's that is really rare, Caroline. So, and, yeah. and I'm glad. Yeah. You know, and w i mean would you i mean would you say to to parents um you know if your child starts saying you know that they have invisible friends or they're hearing things, uh, go with it you know don't don't dismiss what mean because children are not as blocked as they become when they get older, absolutely in fact, so, that's
2: how they become blocked. <laughs> Well, exactly, it's because parents tell them because they they are being uh, they are contradicting them. They're saying no, there's nobody there, and the child knows for sure that there is somebody there. And so, I mean, that's 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 the danger that starts to happen. And like you said, I hear the same story. So many people say, "Oh, when I was a child, I we used to hear, I used to see, and this and that," and and then I completely shut it down. So.
1: It, it's too right. bad
2: because now they have to relearn something that's very natural. And another thing right. I think that happened, the, the experience was just so familiar. It was so comfortable. It was not scary. It wasn't weird. Uh, that's another reason why I thought and I felt that it's normal. It, it was familiar. It felt like home. And so that's, I think if it were scary – I may have told someone, like, hey, this just happened to me, what does that mean? You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you you,
0: <laughs> you really have a um a, a unique um history in that area because it's not the typical story about yeah. you know shutting it down because you didn't want to, you know, be you know, have your friends call you names and and be an outsider, and you want to fit in. You want to be like your friends, and and you and you give up you give up the the precious gift in order to fit right. in with people that when you get up when you get older, you're not even going to like <laughs> these people. So you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I mean, and I would say to to parents listening, um, listen to your children, and don't yeah, absolutely. don't curtail their imagination. I mean, even if they are just, you know, imagining, you still don't want to to, to block an imagination that can let them conceptualize things that are, uh, you know, not in their ordinary environment.
2: Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> um, what part of the country are you from? Well, I'm I'm in Los Angeles. I'm based in Los Angeles right now uh, because I'm working on these films. Uh, I travel all over, um, you know. So it's I'm a little bit all over. I'm more of an Earth <laughs> citizen <laughs> as much as possible. I'm sure many people relate to that. Um, I can fit anywhere and uh, nowhere at the same time. <laughs> kind of a so, shapeshifter. Do you have? Yeah. What do you guys do in Arkansas?
0: We, um, how can I put this in, in a few words? We gather up um, star seeds that have mm. the galactic markings and like. take them to the crystal capital of the world. Um, it activates their DNA. Being together mm-hmm. with long lost family activates DNA. Um, so it's an empowerment, and um, and a learning at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's I mean every we're about to bring in um, our twentieth group. Each one is different, but each one um, is kind of the same. In that, you know, people just recognize each other from other lifetimes.
2: Exactly. So it's
0: yeah, and we get to go dig crystals, and um, oh. <laughs> and yeah and the energy of the 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 place where we hold it um there is uh, a huge crystal vein under the lake so that whole body of water is just emanating um, you know the crystallized energy or crystalline energy and uh yeah it's it's just a, a wonderful a wonderful gathering so when we're, we're looking forward to that we go four <laughs> times a year yeah, and, uh, you know, great. and then from there, you know, when star seeds get activated, when they kind of quantum leap um, uh, abilities sometimes show up um, that weren't there before, but it is from there. Then each person that comes to Arkansas goes out and becomes a leader. Mm. So it That's kind of it, it kind <laughs> of it multiplies for all the people that have come as they go and, and, uh, you know, kind of, it's kind of like a grid as their energy touches another person. And then that person's energy touches and it just, it spreads, it, it spreads. So it, uh, and there's just a palpable energy
2: in yes, the room. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yes. and I can, I yeah. can, I can relate to that. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I think also the film, uh, will help a lot of people, uh, just also awaken even more because the, the the type of comments that I've been getting, you know, the film just uh, came out to the public, uh, was released to the public October 10th, so it's only been, you know, a couple of weeks. And the type of emails we're getting are from from starseeds and those kind of people who are awakening but, um, first of all, are recognizing themselves in the film and saying, oh, my God, you know, I, I feel so much more comfortable, or I know why all of a sudden, uh, or how I'm receiving the star language that just came through me, because we also talk about star, what I have for kids speaking in star language, and they they explain how they just download it out of nowhere. Um, so, there are, so the film offers a lot of answers to uh, star seeds, especially, I want to say, because... Um, and another thing I feel is very important is we're at a juncture, we're at a time where we are supposed to be out there and just be who we really are. It's like enough, you know, of the hiding or pretending. I think we're at a different time in the the hist- history of uh, the evolution of the human species where um, it's a lot more normal and more accepted. To be out there um, and say, uh, "Hey, this is who I really am. I remember that I came from this planet. I know exactly how it feels up there, and I know that I am downloading information." And like I said, we have a couple of folks in the film. They're saying, "Yeah, I am an ET, a human ET, uh, ET hybrid." So I think this is another reason why I wanted to make this film is not just to, you know, attract new people to this information, but to encourage that, I want to call it coming out, (laughs) you know. Exactly. um, Yeah, coming out and just be okay with it. Like, and it doesn't matter what people, other people think or say. This is part of the spreading, like you were saying, of the consciousness now it needs to be poured uh, into the human collective consciousness in a conscious way, not just, uh, you know, kind of preaching to the choir just to, for us to say, hey, this is how we are experiencing, but just tell the world, this is who we are, this is the way we are experiencing reality, we know this is truth, and this is the way it is, and we love it, you see? So this is the time for it, I think. You know,
0: um, I, there is an interesting uh, thing with with the the statistics that that I follow for our radio show. And for the longest time, our audience, uh, the two biggest shares of the audience were between eighteen and twenty four, and then forty five and sixty. Mm. <laughs> like. That's, That's interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like all the people, there's people in the middle with it that, you know, they got married, they had kids and mortgages, just like you said, and <laughs> and then when they get done with all of that, um, you know, kids move out, and their spirituality starts to um, have room in their lives. And then, right. of course, the, the younger, I mean, the teenagers and um, younger kids are very, very hip. I mean... They mm-hmm. they know what's going on and they know they're different and they're not trying to fit in. Not like previous right. generations. Um, you know, they actually <clears throat> I, I think do anything they can to not fit in. <laughs> right,
2: exactly. Of... And yeah, and you know, people talk about disclosure and, you know, how is the disclosure going to come and who's going to tell us about ETs and this and that. But I, I think this is a disclosure. This is part of the disclosure anyway, or at least um, a huge part of it, when normal what, people who appear to be normal, let's say, just come out and say, well, this is who I am, this is my true lineage, and this is how I experience reality and you know, and just kind of be out there. This is part of um, making this phenomenon more real, more uh, tangible, more present, and more uh, normal, you know, so it really starts with us. But that's also what I'm trying to do with this film is just to put it all out there and the very, I think you will notice when you see the film, the tone of the film is very, like, a matter of fact, it's nothing is sensationalized or nothing is you know it's just more normal you know so and it had it holds that vibration too of just truth and transparency so i really hope people will uh will help it will help a lot of people well tell us how how can people
0: um see the movie
2: yeah, so, uh, well, it's available on Amazon if they have a subscription or, or if they like to purchase from Amazon, they can go to Amazon.com and uh, look for the movie ET Contact. They are here, or iTunes. Um, or if they prefer other platform, they can go to our main website and just look on Watch the Film. Uh, they can get a DVD or what have you. So it's et uh Contact.com et-contact.com, um, and they'll see other platforms as well listed on there. But Amazon and iTunes, most people like to go there as well. So, very easy.
0: <laughs> great, great. Well, I'm going to look forward to that, and um, and your website dedicated to the film is et-contact.com and your your other website omniumuniverse.com um that does that have the the books you've written and other things that you've done and you know your speaking schedule or anything like that
2: yeah that is for the consciousness work the healing work and the, all of this information on the books and the planetary grid So that that is the website, Uh, and it's again it's Omnium O M N I U M Omniumuniverse.com. I have a massive library of uh, all sorts of sessions and classes and things like that, and also I have a lot of free. Uh, sessions and talks on, on my YouTube channel if people want to check that out, you know, just to kind of get a feel for some of these uh, meditations, uh, the activations and those frequencies. Um, they can also do that um, at any time. I think the, the, the website is, this website is uh, for consciousness expansion. Um, it's also very, very helpful. Well, great.
0: Great, and you know I I agree with you about the about disclosure. I mean, there there are so many people that are so focused on making the government, you know, be the official bringer of disclosure. (laughs) It's
2: like we don't need to have a government tell us what we already know.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're so behind.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it's also focused on once again somebody else inside myself who's going to tell me what is truth and what to believe in. I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> so yeah, that, that's it's not reason why I, I, yeah, we need to bring it back to the individual to go inside your heart, your own true essence and go there and just speak your truth. So this is what I'm doing. This is what the film is about and uh, I think we should all kind of uh, stick together in that uh, evolution, you know, and just to have the courage to be out there and speak about it in this way. So I'm really hoping the film will encourage a lot of people. Well, there's
0: certainly uh, millions and millions and millions and then more millions of, <laughs> of starseeds who are awake, and then there's more millions that are not yet awake. So, but we're on the bridge. I mean, really, the brink um, between, you know, between the, the dimensions, and uh, you know, anytime there's a changing of the guard, uh, things can get a little chaotic, as I'm sure a lot right. of people have been um, experiencing, especially since the eclipse. And uh, I meant to ask Lavendar if because the eclipse happened with mercury retrograde it, is mm. it possible that the that the eclipse um is continuing that mercury retrograde energy because <laughs> it just seems like it won't quit <laughs> yeah it just um you know with with technological glitches and and you know anything to do with communication whether it's email or internet computer um um uh, anything communication electronical has just not quite gotten strong again after that eclipse with Mercury right. retrograde. But you know, <laughs> we are here to um keep on regardless of what the challenges are because we have to remember that you put your hand up to come but that wasn't enough. You also had to qualify. You had to have the right, right. stuff to come.
2: So that's true.
0: Yeah, star seeds. You have well the said. right stuff. You wouldn't have been allowed to come if you were
2: yeah.
0: um, unprepared or um, under undereducated in any way. Right. So yeah, we have we have what we need. Um, we just have to allow it to to come out and to surface. And I think that yeah, coming out of the closet um, mm-hmm. has got to happen. But I, I still wouldn't go into, um, you know, a, a Southern Baptist church <laughs> and yeah. start yeah. espousing about, you know, I'm an ET hybrid because, um, you know, especially in the South here, they they, they can get really mm, mm, upset about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, of course. I so, mean, you know, yeah, you're, you're guided to where, where you need to go and what to say, obviously, so... Right. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> and certainly um So,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there a few people
0: folks on the line or um so far let me just um ask one more time if if you have a okay. a question or a comment for Caroline um you need to if you're already on the switchboard just press 1 and if you are listening on the computer then pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292 and then once you're in, press 1. Um and we have we have a lot of people that listen um actually awesome. on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. They listen in the archive right. um right. for, right. you know, or they they'll download it. So there will be mm-hmm. um thousands and thousands yeah. of people that that hear this. So we always give that, you know, the the contact information with the website and where to find um your work. So that is um Preserved for all time
1: in the radio <laughs> archive. Yeah,
0: uh, um, but great. You know, usually when a when a guest covers their material really well and and clearly, a lot of times there are no questions because you did such yeah. a good job. <laughs> so yeah, that may be no, the case this good. evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Well, it has been all a right. pleasure having you with us, and um, we're so grateful that you are on the planet and you have had the courage to do what you've done. And to keep mm-hmm. on doing it and inspiring other people um especially as you said, some people just wanna watch a movie they 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 don't read as much as they used to um and nice. and this is just wonderful i'm 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 gonna go i'm gonna watch this as soon as i possibly can <laughs>
2: great. I know it's gonna be yeah. great
0: I know it's gonna be great.
2: Yeah. Go to Amazon, so, um, uh, it's just so easy to get. <laughs> Thank you so well, much for yeah. having me. This was so fun, and I'm so glad you guys are doing this work as well. This is fantastic.
0: Well, you know, it's very rewarding. And um, you know, I remember when we, we started the show, um, let's see, seven years ago last March, and our very first guest, now this was 2010, um quoted a a national poll that said that sixty five percent of Americans believe that mm. there is intelligent life elsewhere. Sure. You know, and that was seven years ago. So I'm sure it's right. higher than that now.
2: <laughs> but better. still I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean
0: sixty five percent that's that's a healthy majority. Um, right.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We just have to keep going. We just have to keep going. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, there are more and more people waking up every day, and um, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing how they they will they'll find their way somehow, you know, to um, to someone that's got you know like you or us that has information that they're starving for. Mm-hmm. You know, and when it c I mean when it comes to the the E T um Starseed group of people, they know immediately when when they're among their own I'm say among their own that nice. sounds divisive, but when someone is speaking truth they just know. Yeah, they exactly. Just know.
2: You just feel it, you just know it exactly, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there are more so, and more sites um, yeah. out there. You know, so that's yeah. that's uh, it's just just a really good thing, and uh, we're all doing our part. And thank you so much for what you have done. And um, I mean, you've you've really put yourself out there on on national TV and traveling <laughs> all over, and 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 doing the you know movies and books. So thank you so much for your dedication.
2: Thank you to so this, much for having this me. Great this was mission. a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. We're all in this together. But thank you That's, so much for having me on this show. This was great.
0: Well, it has been our pleasure. And any time that you've got um, a new project coming out or uh, um, a new book, anything, just let us know and, and come on back on and we can talk some more about whatever is new with you.
2: Sounds great. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, okay. everybody.
0: Well, thank you so much. We have been speaking with Caroline Corey this evening of ET Contact. They are here. And um, also the OmniumUniverse.com website. Everyone take care of yourself this week. Have a great week. And remember to find something to be grateful for every day. Until then, from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, have a great week and much love. Good night, everyone.